welcome to Musings on Faith, a podcast series from St. George Episcopal Church in the Villages, Florida. I am Marianne DeSantis, your host and a parishioner at St. George. Today, I'm talking with the Reverend Ed Bartle, Associate Rector at St. George about Lent, a solemn religious observance in the Christian liturgical calendar that begins on Ash Wednesday and ends approximately six weeks later at Easter. Father Ed, I think of Lent as a season of reflection and preparation before we celebrate Easter. What else should Lent signify? Well, you've pretty well hit it on the nose, Marianne, that the purpose of Lent is a period of self-examination and penitence, and is demonstrated by self-denial in preparation for Easter, exactly. And why is it uh, 40 days? Well, the history of Lent goes back to um, originally to around the second century when Irenaeus uh, wrote of a season of fasting or preparation. And but in his um, whatever he wrote, he, it was only a two or three day event. But around when the Council of Nicaea convened in three twenty five A.D., they discussed a forty day Lenten season, but they were unclear if it was just for new Christians that were preparing for baptism. You know, an, an Easter vigil was the time when um, new Christians were baptized, but it, but they could only be baptized after a period of preparation, um, much much like we do with confirmation. They had to go through a period that usually lasted a couple of years. But in any event, um, they weren't clear whether it was for the new Christians preparing for baptism, but eventually it just encompassed the whole church, and we started observing Lent 40 days out. And I understand that uh, Sundays are left out in that countdown. Why is that? That's correct. Uh, Sundays is a feast day. That's the day that the Lord was resurrected, and so we consider that a feast day. We normally don't do different uh, celebrations on Sunday, uh, funerals, weddings, or so forth. Um, some people do it, but but normally that's the time of feast uh, to recognize that Christ is... is that's mm-hmm. it. Every, every Sunday is Easter, yeah. in, in other words. Okay, okay. Well, you touched on a, a minute ago about the self-denial. Let's talk a, a little bit about that, because I think uh, a lot of folks give up something for Lent and that seems to be when you hear the word Lent or you know when I I know when I was a new Episcopalian Mm -hmm. and I'd hear the word Lent I immediately thought of oh well I have to give something up got to give something up yeah Yeah. (laughs) well tell me what tell me your thoughts on and other uh, denominations that that don't uh, observe Lent um they might catch you in the street and say, oh, I hear you've given up. So what did you, what'd you give up for Lent? Well, you know, that should be a conversation between you and God. Uh, but giving up something for Lent could be any number of things. Personally, I think that, uh, and I've done this, Marianne. I, I was a heavy smoker 30 years ago. And, and Lent, I would always give up cigarettes. And... As I got to thinking about it later on, on this uh, self-examination thing, that by I'm giving up cigarettes because I know it's good for me. And I got to thinking, well, I wonder if 
I mean, Jesus is happy that I'm giving up cigarettes, but I'm not giving up something I want, something that's a sacrifice. I mean, obviously, I, I wanted to smoke, but uh, if you understand what I'm trying to say is, um, if we're giving up something we know we should give up, maybe that's not uh, the sacrifice. Um, and there's other ways of doing it. You can take on something. You can um, take on volunteer work or somewhere at, at a food a soup kitchen. You can do Bible study. You can get up early in the morning and do exercises and study. And you can devote quiet time to God. It's just any number of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, we had talked about, um, and this goes to what I was saying about not flaunting the fact that you've given up something for Lent. And that's right out of Matthew. Matthew and um, spoke on fasting in the sixth chapter when he quoted Jesus as saying, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So, you know, what he's saying there is, you know, and, and I gave you this example that a lot of times when I would be with ashes, I would rub them further into my head so that I wouldn't go out in the street and somebody look at me and I'd feel like a martyr, like I was doing something great. Um, I'm sure you've had. No, I am. Uh, well, I had my own. I tend to be one of those people who do give something up, mm -hmm. and um, I remember distinctly when you're giving up sodas and I was on a hike with a, a friend a fellow Episcopalian and we were walking actually the rim of the Grand Canyon and we were out of water and we out of in the like a mirage we see a coke machine nothing around it but this lone coke machine and my girlfriend starts running toward the coke machine saying a coke machine and I went but I gave up sodas for Lent and her response was I didn't and she got the coke but in I and I, I in my mind I, I didn't I was tempted but I rationalized that I saw the that the electricity had to be coming from somewhere and nearby there had to be something that where I could get some water, and sure enough, there was. And I don't, I, of course, I was a little upset and maybe somber. I, I don't think I looked happy when she, as she swigged her Coca-Cola and I didn't have anything. But I often equate that to temptation, how the temptation is such, you know, a, how quickly we can be tempted, you know, tempted and, and uh crazy ways and it always makes me think well if I can be tempted that easily over a soda I I try to put myself and try to imagine how Christ must have been tempted during his 40 days in the desert and can you t tell me a little bit about that what what were the some of the temptations that he had to deal with well first of all but I want to talk about your your temptation because here, <laughs> you, here you're tempted to buy a coke and and yet you you've given it up so you're being good about that and your your girlfriend goes ahead and buys a coke so what I'm what I'm seeing is that the temptation continued on the original temptation of the machine was one thing but as she was sipping her coke you the temptation must have been causing you more grief <laughs> yeah. but and anyway, well, uh, she didn't give it up. She, she, didn't, it, yeah, she had not I'm, given it up. It was yeah. just my my choice. But, but she drank it in front of you, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, 
you know, if you, and the temptations of Christ in the wilderness, there was three temptations. Uh, in the first temptation, Satan called uh, Jesus aside and, and he said, if you're the son of man, uh, there's a stone down there. Turn that stone into bread. Because he knew Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. And it had to be a great temptation to say, boy, I could turn that into bread and I could have something to eat. Uh, but Jesus responded that uh, it's written that man does not live on bread alone. And that ended that one. And it went on to the next temptation where the devil led him to a high place and, and told him to uh, that th what he sees, this whole kingdom of the world, could be his if he would just worship Satan. And again, Jesus answered, it's written... Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so the second temptation went by the way. And then finally, the devil leads him to the top of the temple and he says, jump. And, and it's, it's said that your angels are concerned about you and that they will guard you and that they won't let your feet you touch the ground. And Jesus again says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And that ended the temptations. But, you know, if, if you know anything about the... the um, the wilderness that, I mean, this is an unbelievable place. I mean, it's totally barren, just rock and hills and um, wild animals and just a, a crazy place to be. But Jesus survived it through the 40 days to prepare himself for what he had to do. So is, is Lent kind of, a, I guess, a wilderness for us? Or, or, I think so. You think? Don't so, you? A little bit, yeah. I mean, because yeah. we... I, Sometimes we are not quite sure how to do that self-examination. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, and in, in the Episcopal Church, we have um, a section in the, in the prayer book that talks about reconciliation and penitence. And people can, you know, if you wanted, all you have to do is contact the priest and say, I'd like to have a little time to talk about penitential orders or reconciliation. And hopefully we would be happy to to do that. You know, we can we can guide you through. We can go through the prayer book and and, and see what you can do to for self. Okay. Matter of fact, in the Episcopal Church, we have um, like our Catholic brothers. We have a regular confession. If you wanted to have a, a personal confession, I mean, we do the general confession every Sunday at Eucharist. Mm -hmm. um, but if you wanted just personal time with the priest under the stole and uh, make a confession, you know, uh, that's that's available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you see a lot of m more people coming forward during Lent to do that sort of, uh, to do that? Not really. And, and what I've done in the past, on, especially on Holy Saturday, I've set a time aside in the afternoon for, to make myself available for anyone who wanted to come in and confess. And, I may have had two, three, or four people in the past. Uh, at Lent. Most good Episcopalians are happy with the general confession on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. What, as we're wrapping up, are there any other other points that uh, we should share about Lent and and getting getting prepared uh, that you can think of? Well, you can get prepared by setting some setting aside some time whether probably in the morning or in the evening where it's, you know, you go into your your special room or your special part of the house or your backyard and just spend time with God and, and uh, talk to Him and then, you know, check out 
the scriptures, maybe uh, read your, your Bible a little bit and just spend time with them. That's, I think that's what Jesus did in the wilderness. He didn't have anybody else around to talk to, and so you know he pretty well dedicated his time to, <laughs> to communicating with the Father. So that would be, and then the other thing is just, you know, I don't like the word flaunt, but don't flaunt the fact that you're um, in Lent. Or giving up something. Giving up something, or, or, or looking at somebody and basically saying, look at me, I'm being a good Christian. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's between you and God, you need to, if somebody asks you, you know, if you've given up something for Lent, say, yeah, I'm doing my part or something. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've given up Coca-Cola. No, <laughs> I won't I make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's a mistake. That's just my personal. <laughs> my personal uh, but it, it always, um, it, it, you know, to me, anytime, uh, like we were talking about the self-denial and, and it, how easily you can be temptation tempted and mm -hmm. so it must be that you know the lord's temptations were many many times greater than ours and he still he still made it through put yourself in the wilderness for 40 days He's, without food and water and no one to talk to and no tv <laughs> so. no cell phone be a little bit. You were at the Grand Canyon. You should have gone ahead and taken another thirty-nine days and just wandered, <laughs> wandered around. Don't you think? I, I that would have been, that I, would have been a perfect Lent. A perfect Lent. Assuming perfect. you survived it. Yeah, perfect yeah. Lent. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been very enlightening and also very, very um, joyous to just talk about this season that we are about to embark on and. Thank you, Father Ed. You're more than welcome. Listeners, please send your comments and suggestions to musingsonfaith at gmail.com. If you would prefer to record a voice message, please see the link at the end of the podcast description. We would love to hear your comments about how you observe Lent. And thank you for listening.